Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I am your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by two of my very best friends, two of my favourite people in the world, uh, Louis McCaffrey, the hair, we call him. Thanks, man. Takes that as a compliment, as a yep. smile there. Cheeky I'll smile. take that, yep. And uh, Chris Armani, we call him the fixer, for no reason. <laughs> Thanks. No, is a drug dealer? No, no. Is that what is that a drug dealer? I think no. Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. No. I, I fix things. Yeah. That's a better explanation. You're a handyman. I'm a handyman. <laughs> okay, that's less <laughs> intriguing and exciting. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll fix your shells for you if you've got any problems. Um, yeah, so, 90 Minutes. Cynic, this is an interesting panel. Have you guys been on together this season? Because this is, what, episode, like, five or six? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, cool. Uh, so it's been... <laughs> you mean you don't remember, Chris? I really don't. So many fucking podcasts these days. Um, okay, so... <coughs> Lots of stuff's happened. We've got questions. We've got comments. I want to just start briefly by asking something. I was sitting and um, looking through some reports and some of the media and looking through social media. Question for you, Louis. I'll start with you. Are Celtic in as much trouble as people are making out? Are we, you know, have we became complacent? Have we taking our eye off the wheel, if you were, are we in a position where we could maybe, I don't know, be caught? No, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think it's quite as um, Grave. as big as maybe some people are trying to make out. It, it, it's not like it can't be changed fairly quickly. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest issue, other than a lack of quality in obvious areas, I think the biggest issue we have right now is... It's all confidence and it's all mental, and and that changes quickly in football with with some good performances and some good wins. Um, it's obvious things, you know, like the fact that we don't seem to have any central defenders. I mean, it's it's a bit of an issue when you've got a a team um, playing football, as it were. So we, we kind of need to do something about that. We but do. We've got Joseph Saminovich, we've got Christopher Iyer, we've got Jack Hendry. Again, you've just proven my point. So <laughs> we need to do something about it and, and sign some people. I think the most worrying thing is when all this came out, what Brendan Rodgers had his wee rant, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago and nothing's happened since. That worries me. Chris, what's your kind of thought? What's your kind of take on that? Um... I think, I think the situation with Gerard uh, and Rangers looking more organised um, has created the perfect storm. The, the press have been waiting for this. Now, there's when you're on top for so long, they're going to look for any cracks in it. They're going to look for any um, any signs of of regression. Um, we've not strengthened the squad. We've lost a couple of players like Armstrong, and Roberts, so the squad's weaker. Um, Rangers had a very low benchmark. They're certainly above that benchmark. So what you do is they crank up the hyperbole and they say Celtic are a lot worse and Rangers are a lot better. Truth is, it's too early to tell where we are in terms of quality. They look better. That doesn't mean they're good. That doesn't mean that they're going to be able to catch us. Um, We certainly so far have looked a lot like we did for a lot of last season. Problem was last season it was hard to judge us because we we had so little challenge and when we had to step up we did. Um, so I suppose we don't know what if 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 they're closer to us or levels are different. Um, we don't know if we're going to be challenged more. Um, I, I still think it's too early to make any real sort of judgment on it. I think that's you, you make a good point that the benchmark for for them was really really quite low. Uh, however just to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, they have came through three rounds of European competition, mm. no matter what the the, the level. Um, they have beaten Kilmarnock away from home. That's a game I thought, okay, now that's the League Cup, so it's not the League. People will maybe say, you know, it's a different perspective because it is a League Cup, and because it is the League Cup and it isn't the League. Um, but still, um, they've, they've beaten someone who, a team last season who impressed, um, impressive manager, um, however, I've watched four Rangers games this season. I don't know if you've watched any. Um, there's something about them that I just... They look hard to beat. They look well organised. But they don't impress me. 
if I watch if I watch Hibs, I watched all Hibs' European games, and Hibs impressed me because they looked like they could score goals against us. Right now, that's not to say Rangers won't score score goals against us, but it's not about scoring goals. It's about being it's been consistently. It's not about scoring one goal. Now, Morella scored th- had three opportunities uh, against Kamara, and he took them. So good for him. He won't have three opportunities against us, though. Even at our weakest, we're not going to get. Okay, you're looking at each other like. Disagree. I watched the I watched the the Rangers game at the weekend, the Kamara game, and. I agree with you. I don't think... I think being well-organised, taking your chances when you get them, and really trying, will get will win you games. And I think they're doing those things. It's not going to win you but titles, I, though. But I don't think it will win you titles. Do you know who... And, and I also don't think... I don't think they have a... I don't think they're very good. And I think defensively, they've got the same old problems. Well, like Tavernier. I mean... Good going forward, can put a good ball into the box. Terrible defensively, and I think their midfield looks pretty weak. To be honest, I think their midfield is their their weakest uh, part of the the whole the whole layout. Um, but you know, uh, Louis made a good point there, and I'd like your perspective on it, um, Chris. You know, being well organised and being hard to beat doesn't win you titles. But do you know what wins you titles? Tom Rogic. <laughs> Because Tom Rogic has... Why did you pronounce his name differently? You said Tom Rogic and then something else. Because I'm not very bit good. consistency, I'm, Chris. I'm consistency, yeah. But no, I, so I mean, we're looking at this season, uh, I know it's it's in its infancy, and Rangers, yeah, the benchmark's a little bit higher. But essentially what you're saying is, we're not in as much trouble as as, as we're led to believe. I, I don't know. I think that's the How point. How do you feel, though? Make. How do you feel... I, I would, I would feel a lot. I'd feel a lot happier if we strengthened, right? I think. What do you know? It's funny you saying that, right? We signed Darzani, and I feel a bit sorry for him because have you ever seen his little fanfare over a <laughs> signing that we've ever made, apart from maybe signing Izzy again? But see if we'd strengthened well um, up to that point. You know, we'd got some of our business done early, and then we signed him. People would be talking, you know, he looked good in the World Cup, you know, he's 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 one of Australia's greatest prospects, looks skillful, I'm, I'm delighted that he's came. But people are just saying, Oh, that's not what we need. Or oh, another loan from Man City, you know, it's it's it, it's it's garbage, blah blah blah. Um so, so I, do, I, I do feel sorry for him. How do I feel overall? I, I don't know really. That's that's the whole point. We need to we, we need to start getting into the, the, the you know a run of games to see how the squad performs. We need to see them over a run of games to see how good they're going to do. Once you look past the hyperbole, there's still too much unanswered just now. You're going to have you've got people talking about how Gerrard's proved them completely wrong on the basis of a handful <laughs> of games. That's true. That's true. You know, you've got the press saying that, and you're thinking, no, they've looked better organised than last year. It might be that he goes on and that he's a roaring success, but we don't know that. So. I'm trying to keep my... It's dead easy to get caught up in how things haven't gone the way we'd like them to. It's dead easy to get caught up in it. And you can also look back in last season and say that, you know, we weren't particularly good. You talked about it last week in the pod, Louis. Rogers' first season, we were great to watch. We didn't keep that level last year. So you assumed we're going to we're going to uh, recruit and we're going to try and build back up to the level we had in the, in, in the first season. We might do that. I don't know yet, you know. It's dead easy to get caught up and say that we're not going to do it and it's all going to be crap. I think there's still too many unanswered questions. If this was the 1st of September and we haven't added to the squad, I think you start to panic a wee bit more then. And we know what's happening on the 2nd of September, of course. Uh, Eddie Walsh. Uh, Eddie is from Long Island, New Jersey. Eddie Walsh. EddieWalsh.com. Uh, he's a photographer. Uh, he likes teenage fan club, etc., etc. Um, Eddie asks, "How do you see the Boyata saga ending? If he stays until Jack, sorry, Jesus. <laughs> uh, if he stays until January, can we count on him to put in the effort slash performances? Especially if we don't sign for anyone. This is kind of we kind of touched on this last week about the idea that we've got a guy who doesn't want to be there. Um, we don't necessarily want him there. Um." How do you see the saga ending? And also, before, I've also want to say, Paul Carlin tweeted, um, and he 
He asked this question in block capitals, which I assume means he's shouting. If Boyata plays on Thursday, defends like a demon and scores two headers from corners, will you forgive him for his trespasses? No. No. Sadova. If it was... Rangers. PSG. Rangers. I'm thinking above that level. Okay. If it was Aberdeen. A, <laughs> if it was, a, if it was a, a team of some repute, then aye. But Sadova. No. I wouldn't. And I think that ship sailed. If 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 Bayata, Bayata walks on the pitch again for Celtic, he'll be booed roundly. Unless he signs a five-year contract and says it was all a big mistake uh, or whatever. He's he's not going to be able to play for Celtic easily from now on. How so, how, do, how do you think that? Before I get to Louis's point of view, how do you think the saga is going to end with him leaving? Whether that's before this window or in January, I don't know. Um, but he'll leave. We can still get a fee from him in January, even if even if it's. You know, a nominal fee. We can still get a fee from, right? Yeah, we can. We can still. We, we can absolutely still get money for him. Um, I don't know if it's too late to leave him. Um, uh, sorry, to sell him before the window closes. I don't know if we've got. We're going to have the luxury of not playing him because I don't rate Boyata. I don't think he's a good defender. I think he's infinitely better than Jack Hendry, and I think he's better than Simunovic. But so, will his mind be in it? Will his mind be focused? Because we he's going to want a move. What's he, what's he going to do? Is he is he going to is, is, he, is he just going to down tools completely after the transfer window shut and just rot away? Is no, it, is no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this is a guy who, unless he's 100 percent focused, he he is liable to make mistakes. So if his mind's on other matters, you can t- you can say that you know I'll be professional and I'll be on that pitch and I'll I'll be 100 percent. In the game, which you might be, but at the same time, there'll always be something in the back of your mind. And unless he is one hundred percent focused, we we saw the mistakes he made at Ibrox twice. You know, I know he get punished for one of them; he didn't get punished for the other. The fact is, the guy is liable to the odd clang up. Louis, what's your thoughts on the saga? I'm not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> that, wasn't, um, that, wasn't, that wasn't bad. I would I would let him rot. <laughs> just let him rot in the reserves until the end of his contract. Don't want money for him. <laughs> Don't no, just no, just get rid of him. So just essentially, you make his life a misery. It, what he would have to do to be forgiven? Sticking out in Gerard, <laughs> so, something like that. That's my price. That's your price. So, see if he was to play in the second. Guarantee, absolutely, one hundred percent. He would cost us a goal. He'll make a he'll make a massive mistake. I bet you. If he plays in that game, I don't want him anywhere near the team. And I, do you know? See if, see if he'd, you know, pissed us about a bit, pissed us about a bit, and never shown up for a league game or something. Down tools a league game or something. Then I wouldn't be as annoyed. But see the fact that it was an away trip in Europe to get into the Champions League, and he deliberately didn't get on that plane, I don't understand how you can integrate him back into that squad. And I know Rodgers will try, and he'll, he'll tell all the players to, you know, you need to rise up above it and all that, but I guarantee the players will not be happy with him in the changing room. No chance. Regardless of how, how decent a player he might be when he's on his game, I don't think you're going to see the best out of Boyata again anyway. I mean, he's let, the, he's let his teammates down, I think. So that's all down. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he has, and I realise I contradicted myself saying he can't, he won't be able to go on the pitch for Celtic again because <laughs> he'd be booed and, or, and whatever. And I said we might not have the luxury of not playing him. Um, but I, I, I think both are true. I think this is a really, it's a really weird situation we find ourselves in. And there's two things about it. One, see if this was somebody like Dembele or in Cham, right? I think a lot more fans, they would still be pissed off, I think, but I think they would be more understanding because those are two players that we know are quality and that we know will probably eventually lose for big money. But this is a guy who could barely get a game for us in the recent past and who, even before this, a lot of Celtic supporters were calling to be replaced because he wasn't up to it. So the fact that a guy that we already thought was pretty substandard um, is essentially holding us to ransom irks is even more. Problem we've got though is the other options we have are worse than them. And that and whether whatever level worse than them they are, I mean I personally think that Simunovic and Hendry are 
there's as much there's that much of a difference between them that uh, you know you you'll see it on the pitch, whereas some people would say that there's not much between them. I actually think that Bayat is a fair bit better than him. But that's a sad that's a sad indictment of the options we've got at the club that a guy who we don't think's good enough we're arguing about because the other options are are worse than him, and that's 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 feeding into the whole mess of the situation. Then, do you not think that? <coughs> fair enough, this might be an element of kind of cutting your nose off to spite your face, but this is really a big thing of who's in charge. Is player power? Ultimately, the winner can Boyata just go, no, I'm not turning up for that game, and then come back into the squad and, and get his place back? Or do the club and Rogers turn around and go, no, you're not going to do that to us, you'll do what we tell you, you're under contract here, and don't let him back in. I mean, Rogers, yes, okay, you might say from the, a playing point of view that it makes sense. I don't think it makes sense from a moral standpoint, though. Um, Liam McLaughlin, uh, you know Liam, don't you? I was on a pod with Liam. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he's not tweeted us directly. This is just a tweet that he put out today that I thought was quite interesting. We're bumping it. All I wanted from Celtic... No, but I said his name. Hit the retweet button. Uh, all I want from, wanted from Celtic this summer was ambition. The squad badly needed a, a refresh and you bring in a manager like Brendan Rodgers to make a mark in Europe. What's happened both in January and this window is a disgrace when you consider the money that's coming into the club. Do you think... And then, actually, do you know what? That ties into a question I wanted to add from Declan Sutherland. Um, This is more of a point, but yeah, it's kind of added, put like a question. Since Everton have been taken over and the financial restrictions that the club were previously hampered with are now gone, the club have completely changed most of their internal decision makers makers to people used to working with bigger budgets. So, essentially, they've taken all the people out. They've taken the restrictions off. Um... Should the same happen at Celtic? Well, do you think? Do you think we lack ambition? I I, I tweeted out an article um, from the Guardian about Everton and the structure that they've got yeah. now with the director of football, the new director of football. That's what Declan's essentially asking. About, Aye, yeah. and um, and the end of the interview with him, I thought was really good because it gave you an insight and not just the director of football role, but. The relationship he has with the man with the manager and how they they go about doing deals, and it just struck me as the way it should be. To be honest with talk, you, talk us through a little bit if you remember, if you can remember off the top of your head. Well, basically, he didn't really say too much about the the kind of identi- identifying targets, but when it was a case of coming to get them or, or going to try and sign the players, obviously the director of football was the one that was kind of leading by the sounds of it, leading the negotiations. And obviously, he had sat down with the kind of, the list of targets with the manager and they prioritised them and agreed on what, what players they were going to go for. Um, so they went for the boy from Watford. Ricardos. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you're going to have to spend a bit extra because of everything that had happened. We, uh your man being Watford manager, they yeah. were going to have to pay more because they they were pissed off with Everton anyway. But they thought that it was worth it because of what he would bring to the team, and it was just very focused on who they were going for. Made an offer to get um, was it the centre half from Barca, Mina. Was it uh, Colombian? It's called against England, does it, Mina? Yeah. yeah. Um, and right. how, how yeah. they'd made they'd made inquiries to Barcelona about it at the start of the window, and then Barcelona were kind of pissing about, and they kind of went back later in the window to try and get the deal done, got the deal done. But it Barca, was just Barca have got the option to buy him back. Did he? Yeah. So the, just the, the the whole way it sounded in terms of him and the manager both working together and agreeing on targets, and if he, he said if one of them didn't think the player was going to be good enough or, or didn't agree with it, then they wouldn't do the deal. But ultimately, the, the manager had full say in everything. Like It wasn't as if he was just buying the players. and It just sounded like it was a team effort from the point of identifying them, agreeing on who, who they were going to go for, negotiating with the player and the, the clubs. And it just sounded like a much better system as opposed to some of the rumours you hear of what's happening with us and Lowell 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of rumor, going off on tangents. There's a lot of rumor in it, rumor in it, innuendo going around about lots of different things. Um, you know, most of it's probably nonsense. We're not in the know. We don't ever, you know, kid on. We're in the know. We we don't know anything. We just up. We're all about opinion and our kind of thoughts on it. Um, do we, Chris, lack ambition for where we are? I understand. I think we all understand the market we're in. We're all, we all understand how. You know how how easy you know missing Champions League twice and not selling those players, players falling out of form, not being not being able to maybe turn over certain players at certain points. We all know it's a very specific type of uh, club that we that we are. Mm-hmm. Do we still lack a little bit of ambition, a little bit of drive? Uh, firstly, going back to the the comparison with Everton, you can't make a comparison with an EPL team. I just there's it's different. It's it's so different financially that it doesn't really matter because you, you you see clubs getting promoted now. The money's went to another level where promoted clubs can spend you know millions and millions of pounds and stuff like that. So I don't think that the, the Everton model has much a, a relation uh, to us at all. However, I think I don't know if we if we you shaking your head, eh? Oh, there was some. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was you, but carry on. <laughs> Do the two years. Um I think that there's a there's there's an undercurrent with some Celtic fans because of what happened at Rangers, and there is maybe not a lot of Celtic fans, but some of them think that the custodians of the club just now are shrewd operators and that they they manage the money fantastically well, and that the the alternative would be financial ruin. Uh, I think that it's somewhere in the middle. I think they are too frugal. Um, I know that you can't spend ridiculous amounts of money because of the market we're in, but at times, the McGinn deal's probably a good... We, we talked about it briefly. I'm sure Celtic fans have been talking about it ever since. That was a very achievable deal. And by some accounts, we lost it due to penny pension. We could have went out, paid the money that they wanted for them, and done the deal. It was a guy who we knew would, would, would be able to perform domestically. And... You know, we had an idea that he would improve going forward. Should so, we just pay the money? So yeah, well, ju- that's what I mean. John John McGinn was a a player that we could have got the deal done for, and there was a very high uh, chance that he would have been a success. When once Villa became involved, it's far more difficult because even in the Championship, I said this a fortnight ago, their purchasing power is far better, far greater than ours. That, however, could have been a deal. Louis talking about what they do. They just go out and get it done. If see, Even if Celtic had paid four million quid for McGinn, or three and a half, or whatever they'd paid. If the fee they'd paid more, was more than what Aston Villa actually paid for him. He's the sort of guy I don't think would have moved on. Like Scott Brown. We paid four million for Scott yeah. Brown ten years ago. McGinn's the sort of guy that if he had actually come to us, I think he would have stayed long term. Yeah. So even if you're not selling him on for four million pounds, you've got a long term player who we know can perform in Scotland and you need those players in your squad you can't have Dembele's and in Chams or I don't know why I'm pluralising them because yeah. there's only one of them you, you can't have you can't fill your squad with guys you know are going to move on for big money you need guys like McGregor like Brown like Lustig <laughs> who are going Fuck to up. <laughs> are going to stay for a long period of time and be a mainstay of your squad McGinn was one of those players that could be and our approach to transfers stopped that from happening. Do you think it was a case of just under <clears throat> uh, playing on the fact he's a Celtic fan and just why? I mean, why penny pinch? Why penny pinch in that situation? That's the situation when I think to myself, look, it's three million pounds. We've already made seven million pounds or whatever it is off of uh, you know an extra transfer from the Van Dyke deal. Yeah. Just get it done. Get it done and get it done early. Yes. Well, that's exactly it. Aye. I mean, it's once you mess about and there's competition that comes in from from an English club, it becomes far harder. Because if we offer them twenty eight thousand pounds or whatever, that's more than we probably would have needed to play, pay if they weren't in in the market. If we'd done it as soon as we needed. To and do see, it. It's, see about playing on the fact he's a Celtic fan. See if you give him a proper deal and pay the money at the start, that will work in your favour. See if you're relying on it to save money. Then that's 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 terrible. And how much money are you really going to save as well? Um, 
you know, there, again, rumour and innuendo is suggesting that Celtic are in the market for Scott McKenna. Had a uh, bid rejected, apparently. A bid rejected. Um, yeah, so it was, was £100,000, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, and this is the point, right? So, Scott McKenna. Um, like, I'll get your, your opinion on him as a player in a moment, right? But if Celtic want him, he signed a new contract with Aberdeen. Aberdeen have knocked back big sums of money from uh, down south, from Swansea and from Hull. Um, if you want, if we want him, right? Fucking buy him. He's injured. No, but no, but my my point is, see if we want him, buy him. This see, this is going to be embarrassing because Celtic are going to make about four bit four bids for McKenna. Um, we're not going to get him, and we're going to leave the exit the transfer window having signed nobody. Except Izagiri and some we know Mark from Australia. That's a joke. He's probably terrific. Our, our, uh, seasons are he's great. Or it'll go against us because of what happened with McGinn. And we'll pay over the odds for a guy who probably isn't worth the money. What do you think of McKenna? I'm not a big fan of him. Not a big fan? I don't... I, Jackie's better than Jack Hendry? <laughs> yes. That's um, a start. But is that... Boom, <laughs> <laughs> he's on the team... <laughs> Do I think? Do I think? Uh, do I think he's what we need? No. no. Do I think that? What do we need? <laughs> Who do we need? <laughs> um, Sergio Ramos. No, we need. I'm not a scout. I, I, I'm yeah, not it's not by Celtic to scout, but we need a centre half who can defend first and foremost, and uh, has a level of footballing ability that's going to fit in with Roger's style because he's certainly not going to change that I thought that's what Scott McKenna was Scott McKenna uh, you know I've, I've watched him well, oh, no. I've, I've never really seen him but I know I've, Chris is a fan I've seen, I've not, I've seen him he rates everybody though no no well, the, the, the point is he's in the paper uh, the, the point being with Scott McKenna I said this to you Chris before we started recording if we bring him in he'll be an absolute lamb to the slaughter because no one will give him a chance and Celtic fans can talk about being faithful through and through, but have you heard the reaction when Jack Kendry gets the ball these days, away and at home? It's a, it's not a supportful, it's a gasp. Now, Jack Kendry doesn't help himself, certainly. <laughs> um, but Scott, McK- Scott McKenna, as I've seen to Chris, if we'd brought two other centre-halves, brought quality in, and we'd moved Jozo on, and Boyata, Boyata had left... And at this point, we were bringing in Scott McKenna. I would have said, terrific piece of business. He's 21. He's aggressive in the air. He's strong. He's a powerful centre-back. He's better on the ball than most people give him credit for. People um, mark him as being just a rough and rugged centre-half who just blitters the ball out. He's, he's not like that. He plays like that under Derek McInnes because Derek McInnes is a terrible football manager. The five games I've seen him play for, four games I've seen him play for Scotland, he's every time he's passed the ball out, he's he's looked composed on the ball. You can only play, you can only do what your manager tells you to do. And Derek McInnes is a fucking no mark tactical jobby face. Then I ask you this thing, Christopher. Okay. Why didn't we put in a bid for Scott McKenna at the start of the window? Um, I don't know. I I, I do. You- not, I, I think now it just. It just looks desperate. Well, I know, I know that I do know that Celtic were asked asked Aberdeen to keep him informed in January with Scott McKenna. I don't know if that was uh, if that was made known, but I, I remember, definitely remember reading about that. That basically, when Hull put in their bid for him, that Celtic were asked Celtic were asked to be kept in the conversation. So he might just again be a long term. Um, Target. Do you know what I think? It's coming to the fore. And by the way, just so you're aware, we shouldn't be buying him because he's injured. He's he's not in a position where he should be coming in and playing beside Ayer at this stage because both of them are. Do you know why we're in this mess? Do you know why we're in this mess? Going to tell us because see the number one transfer target had an injury. The boy from South Africa. <laughs> Mind that. That was it ten Mind years that. ago. That was the boy. He was meant to be the centre half and he had a dodgy knee or something. It all goes back to that. It stems back to that nonsense. Where is he now? Um, Scott McKenna. Meh. It's just meh. I I think Scott McKenna's on a hiding to nothing, as I say. So if he comes in. But see what you were saying about. uh, You were talking about about lack of ambition and all that. I wonder what it would be like if we did have a different. 
you know, if Lowell left and we had a, a different team in at the top with a bit more ambition, I wonder what I wonder what the strategy would be. Because surely we should be like some of these, and I know we always we should be like Porto or whatever any of these teams, and I know they're they're on a different level from us. But the whole speculate to accumulate thing, buy low, sell high as well. These things we should be doing, but I definitely think ambition is a big, big problem for us. Because we can't always be like this. If we're always going to be like this, we're never going to get very far. I'm going to have to speculate to accumulate and to. we're going to have to make a jump. We're going to have to have a leap of faith to get to where we want to be. If we genuinely want to become a Champions League team, then we're going to have to take a wee bit of risk. I don't think you can really get anywhere by playing it safe. And right now we're just always playing it safe. If we if we all believe it's worth a wee bit of risk, go for it. I mean, the fact is we brought in Dembele for half a million pound and, you know, if we were to sell him, I think Celtic would, would, want, would, would take nothing less than 20 million at this point, even though he's, you know, injured a little bit. So that's a massive profit. We've just knocked back a... Fourteen million pound bid from Porto for and Cham. We bought him for four million. Um, the fact is, we do have sellable assets. I don't want us to sell them, but what I'm saying is, I agree with you a little bit. I think we should take a little bit more of a risk in terms of transfers. We do have all the what? Because see, at the end Fucking of the day, David Murray was right. Come on, let's risk <laughs> get it. Get the overdraft Come it. On. Um, but the Throw fact, the, dice. the fact, the fact is though, like um, you know, Big John and Work said to me that. If we, you know, Boya, he actually said, let Boyata, like you, like, let him rot in the, the, the reserves. Do you know why? Because when we get, if we get any money for him, what's it going to be spent on? Feed him chips. What is it going to be spent on, though? Like, people talk about how great our bank balance is, but we're, is it, we're a football club. And I'm not saying, I'm not turning around saying we should be spending 45 billion quid on people. What I'm saying is, a couple of quality players brought in. I know what we should spend it on. Go on. Picture the scene. Europa League draw, subject to qualification. We get Burnley. It's December. It's cold. There's 28,000 fans. The lights are going bananas. What's happening? We get even more lights with the Boyata money. A couple of fireworks. Eh? So fireworks and light, more lights. Confuse them. Confuse them. That's what we want. Yeah, we might not be doing this in the Champions League, but we're getting even more lights there's in. Too, there's too many people trying to protect their careers, essentially, I think is what what's happening. Peter Law is too career-focused, and he doesn't want any blots in his copybook, so he doesn't want... He's already got one. The fact that we've not qualified for the Champions League this season, when if he'd spent a little bit of money, we would have. No, but I don't th- I don't really think that affects him in, in terms of I his, think it affects his, it, his career. I think it affects his bonus. Well, I mean... It, it, it's a whole. It goes back to, but he's chief exec, so it's all about. It's all about the financials. Yeah, and we would have made more money if we were in the Champions League. I know, but we're still we're still very healthy. It's not as if we're lose, we're losing money we essentially didn't have in the first place. See, when you talk about ambition, it goes back to when they signed Dyla, right? They tried something wacky and it didn't work. <laughs> wacky. <laughs> it was. I mean, if you look at things objectively, Neil Lennon was a more successful manager than Ronnie Dyler. He played and had success at a higher level than he did, right? As much as that's going to annoy Christian. It's going to annoy me, to be honest. Well, it shouldn't, because it's true. Oh, no, not about that um, Norwegian uh, job he was, <laughs> but it's, not it's an Irish th- job. But it's like a... That, that you could argue that, that... I mean, some people would argue, maybe correctly, that they went for a different approach. Other people would argue that it lacked ambition. Our managerial point uh, appointment after that didn't lack ambition. It showed, it showed real ambition. It showed thinking. Right, wait a minute. We've got ourselves into this position. Let's go out and land a guy who big fish. a big fish, basically. Yeah, we haven't. Have we matched that? Have we matched the managerial appointment with our, our, our recruitment? No. And I think that's the problem. If you bring in a guy like Rogers, whatever you think of him. You need to match that level of uh, ambition in the playing squad as well, and we haven't done that. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned that point about we took a risk on Dyla and it didn't work out, obviously, and so therefore we went back to 
something not tried and tested, tested but you, again you kind of could compare Brendan Rodgers to Martin O'Neill so they went and they got something that worked before by getting a big fish a guy who the fans would connect with to bring the club together and it's worked and it's been great right see compare not working out mm-hmm. do you think that's maybe affected the idea of going about you know so we had this process where we want to get young ball playing centre halves and develop them at Parkhead right it worked with Virgil van Dijk um, it worked with uh, it's kind of working out with Ayer as well um, we bring Comper in it's it's not worked so they're like well do you know what this is we're not going to go to that that level of um, experience and uh, maturity again we're just going to try and push through with young guys because we've not really been linked with anyone of you know compares kind of stature since we've not even been linked with them i'm not saying we're not looking at them it's just it didn't work fuck it we'll, we'll go to something else i don't know if specifically it's the comper transfer but is there a possibility that the board have not been overly impressed with rogers purchases and the playing squad and they've they've decided to maybe hold back on a few of them that's possible right quickly um louis and uh chris uh odds and edward hit or miss what's an edward i just he's going through players oh, massive to say hit, hit. Or miss. hit hit uh bane hit or miss hit chris he's played about four games right so, so he's not okay hit for what he is right okay a backup so, keeper jack henry hit or miss miss uh well, right now, miss. Uh, Charlie Masonda, hit or miss? Miss. Miss. Uh, Marvin Compere? Miss. miss. Uh, ben you miss. Massive miss, even worse than Compere. Not applicable. He can't even say he's a hit or miss. He's miss. 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 Ibui, miss. Miss. Massive hit. <laughs> G- Gamboa? He's a miss. He's a miss. Miss. Um, yeah. Turi hit, Sinclair hit, Dembele hit. Yeah, more more miss than hits, um, certainly. What a fun little game. Forgot and charm. No, I, I just, because it was just, I didn't actually, just looking at the, the list overall, there's far more misses than hits. Yeah. Um, However, I suppose some of the key signings there. Yeah, yeah. Have and have been hits. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not saying... Uh, the misses are worse squad players... Probably. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though. So you always want to bring someone in who's going to put you know push your. You want you know we talked about this that not last season, the season before, like about when Roberts came in, it put a rocket up Forest. Yep. So that's the situation you want. You want every single player in every position to have to. Right, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Maybe Gamboa getting an opportunity may actually push Lustig up. Maybe Lustig is. Lustig might be finished, right? I'll tell you that now. It breaks yes. my heart to say it, but he might be finished, right? But also, maybe Lustig has just had it too easy. Maybe he needs a challenge, and that's the same. That's the same with all of them. Keon Tierney's, uh, Keon Tierney's one of our best players. Um, has his performances dropped over the last six months? A bit. It has his performance. As he isn't performing where he was, but it's because he almost doesn't have to. And, and and that's the point. I think Izagiri's not going to push him, but no, Izagiri isn't going to push him. But I think what you need to factor in with a guy of Tierney's age is he needs to sometimes play less football. And Izagiri's the sort of guy you can bring in against Partick Thistle, you know. So I'm glad he's there as an aside. Basically, he can fit in there and do a job at a certain level. Right. Okay. So that's an interesting point. Let's actually focus on the football. But anyway, Lustig, he's done. Let's focus on the football. Uh, Partick Thistle 1, Celtic 3. What did you make of the game, Lewis? Uh, pretty turgid, to be honest with you. I didn't get very much enjoyment out of it at all until the last 10 minutes. Okay, and um, why would that be? Because it was shite. Um, I thought, <coughs> I thought to be fair, I thought Izagiri was really good first half. Um, not a lot else to be honest I didn't I mean I know everybody was talking about Gamboa after the game but I think if Gamboa was only talked about like that because of his assists I think if he hadn't had those two assists I don't think anybody really would have noticed him I didn't think he made as as much of a big impact in the first 80 minutes of the game I also think though if you say uh, if you take away his two biggest 
his two assists led to the two goals that put us ahead. So mm. you got to give him credit. Look, I, I'm, I myself, Gamboa either needs a run or he needs not. He needs to go. There's no in between. The idea that Gamboa will play against Sedova and then he'll be dropped for all the league games because obviously there's rumour and innuendo that you know he's got this clause in his contract that we have to pay West Brom a certain amount of money and that's why he's stuck on 19 league games. If that's true, make a decision one way or the other. Yeah. Keep him and play him or sell him. I, I really don't see the point of keeping a guy who you can't rely on for every single game. because Yeah, I, I agree, but I think I, I think you, you have to play him ahead of Lustig now, so I think you, you pay the money. Unless you've got a first-choice proper right-back already sorted, which I think we all know that we don't. I think we had him and we lost him. Yeah. Um, so clearly they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and find a new right-back. So in the meantime, I think probably stick with Gamboa makes sense. Because um, Lustig's done. He's, he's just done. Um, um, it's a shame, but he's done. What did you make of the goals, uh, Tam um, Rogico? I've, like, just, you know, he's he's the greatest. I thought I thought James Forrest coming on changed the game. Um, he's I, actually good, sir, man, isn't he? He has link up. It was him that created the opportunities for Gamboa. Um, on both occasions, um, and I just, I, I, I just think he is really a, it's, it's such a great level for us now. He's really stepped up to the point now where he can come on and he he changes games now. He's true. He's he? like Paddy Roberts times a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think of the Partick Thistle game, Chris? Uh, I think. Um, I think the reaction was fine to them equalising. The, the, the performance overall was just typical of us, you know, making changes and the guys that coming in not grabbing the opportunity, if you know what I mean. Nobody nobody staked a, a claim for a first-team spot who doesn't already have one. You had uh, Mikey Johnson in, who... I thought he did okay. He, he did okay, but he, he showed that he's not ready for the first team. Um, things like decision-making... Um, you know, you know, trying to do too much, trying to impress yeah. too much. I think I said in the WhatsApp, he should watch Forrest. Yeah, you because sometimes less is more, and I think that that that's absolutely right. Johnson coming on, I said, look, there's a lot of talent there. You can see that he, he had a couple of runs. There was a wee ball that uh, Roger flicked through for him, and it, 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 you know, he, he was he was unlucky there. A couple of times where he should have he should have squared it to Griffiths, and it would have been an easy goal. You know, but. You know he's going to develop. He probably needs to bulk up as well. But you know, there's there's definitely a talent there. He might benefit from a season away. He, um, he's not going to break in this season. I don't think so, and I, I don't think that's an indictment on him. I just think that what we've got is a raw talent there who who probably would would do well developing elsewhere. Um, but yeah, what obviously we we got the Griffiths school. They equalised. They hadn't really threatened other than that, and at that point. Because of what's going on around the club just now, everyone kind of everyone. Oh no! But to be fair, they pretty much said, "Okay, we need to start playing them up the park." And started playing, yeah. So I can't, I can't fault the response to um, to the to the Thistle equaliser. But up till that point, you're thinking this is just a tired, poor performance from us. Which you would almost, I mean, you're almost just these these kind of cup games. Just get them out of the way, sort of thing. Uh, we're coming off a defeat um, in Europe, getting knocked out of the Champions League. Morale's a bit low. There's p- there's part of that, but there's also a time where you want to put on a performance and say, "Yeah, I do find myself saying you just want to get through these games quite a lot." <laughs> and maybe m- maybe that's true. I mean, but see see the idea, right? Um, of us having a really good first team, um, and then the sort of squad coming in behind. We did the timeline Celtic stuff, and what always kind of struck us when we did it was looking back at the squads and seeing an absolutely fantastic first eleven, and not very much in behind. Yeah, uh, and not even not very much in behind. It's the guys coming on, as you say, not taking their opportunities. Why would you not try and really bust a gut to to kind of stake a claim? Because that, to me, is 
as a professional footballer, and this comes back to the idea that if you don't have pressure on you from behind, your your level of performance will 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 drop. Um, Edward Dembele Griffiths, when they're all fit, I I think we're going to see the best of all three of them because they'll all they all know that they you only have a certain amount of time. I mean, to to be fair, Griffiths, I love Griffiths, but Griffiths snatches when he's under pressure, he completely falls apart. So it actually might kill Griffiths' career essentially. Mm. Um, but I mean, our squad it, it, it looks. You know, you've got guys like Ibui Kiwasi and you're just kind of like, this guy's in 17 squads in a row but doesn't play and then he doesn't play He doesn't play from February and then all of a sudden he's playing against Hearts. There are players in our squad that I'm just like, I, I, I don't know what your role is. Do you know what I mean? And and that's that's worrying. Um, we started with Gamboa and uh, Ezeguiri. That was, I thought they both did okay. It's not necessarily a game we're going to kind of break down more than we have to because as we say it was a kind of league game but the video that's going round of Jack Hendry um, it was kind of like he was a robot and he kind of malfunctioned when he just kind of started going round in a circle and just I mean do you want, do you want to know what it reminded me of here we go he, he's promised this since before no, we started no, recording it's just I have the mental image because I've seen it happen but my dog okay towards its latter days um, I had a tumour. Um, God rest, God rest. Thinking about your dark tongue. <laughs> God rest the wee man. But he used to just run circles uh, in the in the middle of the room. He would just, you know, be chasing his tail, going around circles, and then you'd need to kind of try and stop him and try and set him off in a straight path again. That's Jack Henry. <laughs> My dog died. Had <laughs> to get him put down. That was beautiful. I'm Jesus. sitting here welling up. Um, such a great analogy, you know. Sir Manny, what do you think? Of, what do you think of Jack Henry? I mean, is he just? Is he? No, I mean, it's dead. It's, it's dead easy for me. Um, tear him apart. Tear him apart, and it's not. Uh, it's probably not fair. He's not what we need right now. He he, along with Ayer, would benefit with an experienced head next to him. When you've got the two of them sitting next to each other, you know, Ayer is supposed to be. He's played more football than, than um, Henry. I think he's younger than Henry, but he's played more football than him. So he, he should be the experienced head. That's not the way it should work. They're, they're not at a level whereby we can get away with it. So Henry's making mistakes. He's not looking confident. He's slacking possession. When you've got a guy as inexperienced as Iron next to him, that's only going to make things worse. My gut feeling is Henry won't be good enough for us long term, but I don't think we're giving him the best chance to develop. Um, I think, I think you said you know, what would you, you said about McKenna? If he came in, it would be a little lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, I think there's part of that's part of the issues. Henry's overall ability and part of the situ- part of it's a situation he finds himself in. Do you think there's a mental tough? Do you think he lacks mental toughness? I, I, I there's, some, there's, I, some, there's something about Aya that I see. You know, Aya still makes mistakes, but. There's a bounce back ability that Ayer has that he doesn't almost let it kind of fall on top of him. Whereas Hendry, I think, kind of goes into his shell and loses confidence when he makes a mistake. And I think that's what that situation where we saw him, you know, I know people are taking the piss out of him in videos. It's a lot of bullshit. I don't absolutely don't agree with that. But when I saw him have the ball on the right hand side, cut in, do a kind of pirouette and then just get tackled. It was almost like he just didn't really know what to do. And you said that five minutes ago, the simple things are the best. But the- where was where was Scott Brown saying pass? Or where was someone trying to just... Get- to me, there's no one helping any of these young boys through it. No, I, I agree. And I think you're asking, you're asking him to play with a certain level of confidence when there is no confidence in the whole club, there, and there's there's no there's no good feeling about the place. You're asking a young boy to come in and perform. I think it's unfair. And <coughs> it is unfair, and and I think you'd see. I, I personally, I think he's got a lot of the attributes that I think you know you need naturally in terms of his height and build and the is he, he's got ability, but he needs, as you say, he needs someone experienced next to him to take the pressure off him a bit, and I think he needs time as well. I mean, whether whether he would be better served 
going out on loan, possibly. See, see that, get, getting away from it, I don't know. That's a bit, that, that, that sums it up. We've got a guy who we, we, we're talking about and we say he'd be better going out on loan, and he's pretty much our first half, first choice centre-half just now. Yeah. And the difference between him and Ayer for me is... I've looked at Ayer in some games and thought, you've really impressed me. I've never seen Jack Henry play a game of football where I've been really impressed with him. Never. And maybe other people have, and and I'm very well aware that he's he's a young boy and stuff like that, but I just... It, it's not a fair situation to put him in, and, and I don't see how persevering with him he's going to get better. Um, I, I remember there was a... Derek Ferguson, stay with me here. Um, Derek Ferguson was on Sports Sound and he was talking about making his debut in the uh, Celtic versus Rangers game, um, Ibrox. And uh, he was a young guy and he was in midfield and ball comes to him and he tries to do everything 100 miles an hour and he loses the ball. And uh, ball comes to him the next time and he heard someone say, take a touch, relax, pass. And it was Tommy Burns. And it was Tommy Burns... Like I know, obviously, when what did you do that for? No, well, right, but that even Tommy Burns looking at a young boy, seeing this guy needs a little bit of help, he, you know, just calming him down. See when see when Jack Henry's in a situation when he's at the back against AK Athens or against Seduva, and he doesn't know what to do because he's not been in that sort of experience, that position before. Yeah. So he, who's, he sh- who's he looking to? He should. So yeah, I know what you're saying. He should be looking to to the side of him and, and have an experienced centre half, or he should be looking forward, and his captain should be screaming at him. Yeah, telling him what to do yeah. because he is young and he's and so that's why you can slag Jack Henry all you want, and I don't mean you. I just mean in general. And do you know what? Maybe he isn't good enough, as you say, Sir Manny. But I also don't think he's getting a good run of it. I don't think he's getting a fair run of it. I agree in that. I agree in that. I, I, I think the situation he finds himself in is really unfair. I also, I, I totally also, agree with that. I also don't think he should. If we qualify for Europa League, um, Europa league I don't want him as my number one centre half I, I don't want him as part of that too because I, because I think he's I think he needs time out anyway um, talking off the Europa League we've got the playoff uh, game the final playoff game um, Seduva there's a, oh, there's a wee bit of worry um, Chris you said before we started recording you're a wee bit yeah but I, because of everything we've just said <laughs> yeah I'm not really because Quality-wise, I mean, Sadova from the Lithuanian League, you know, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't beat them. If we fail to beat Sadova over two legs, then we are in a, we are in real dire straits because there's that you know Lithuania is not it's not a quality footballing league. Um, they were in the Champions League. They dropped out early doors yeah, as well. The, the, you know, you know, we've already we played Sadova. Okay, it was what fifteen years ago, but. That they haven't ever been a Champions League side or anything like that. That you know, they're not a Batty Borisov or someone like that. They're not. Yeah, they're not. You know, teams that have of uh, Apoel or anything like that that have managed to make the step up to Champions League level. So, if we don't beat them, then you know we are in real trouble. But you, because of everything that's going on, as you say, it's just niggling in the back of your head. Even in the pod, we've just been talking about how we're in the Europa League now. We, you know, we're not yet. You just, I just really hope that on Thursday we go out and stick four or five past them so that you can relax a wee bit because you start to question the squad and start to question what we're, we're capable of. Lewis McCaffrey? Yeah, I'm the same. I, I'm worried about every game that, that's coming up. Just that, you know... I think we need... we. This could be the game, in, in many ways, this could be the game that changes things. It could be the tie that changes things. If we come through this, perform well and... and try and turn this around in the next couple of weeks we've only got 10 days of the window being open get a couple of players in comfortably beat this mob to get into the Europa League try and turn turn the negative feelings back to a bit of positivity then I think things will start falling into place but it all hinges on the performance in these games as well because Brendan Rodgers himself wasn't happy about the performance against Partick Thistle no. we really need the players to step up step up a bit and really put in some performances and it all starts with the captain I think Scott Brown as we've mentioned before hasn't he's not really been there in the past few weeks 
And I, I can't really be bothered with all this speculation about him having an injury and all that, all that shit. Like we had that <laughs> under Dyla, right? He was getting he was getting away with things because he was injured under Dyla, and all that sort of thing. Right? Come on, you're no injured. You're just playing shit. And sometimes he will play shit just like other players will. And he deserves to have a bit of flag and a chance to redeem him, redeem himself. And I think that's what he's got to do. He seems to be going tonto in, in the, the huddle, you know, before every game. But it's not doing much. Is it's, it? it's not doing much, and he's not leading by example when he's on the pitch. And I think it 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 needs someone to really <coughs> grab this team by the scruff of the neck and get it going again. It needs a wee jump start, and maybe this tie will be the one to do it. Um, so with this tie, um, we're away first at home. Home second. Does that suit you, some money a little bit better, or would you rather be home first? Uh, in this tie, it's really much yeah, muchness. Do you know what? We should have enough to beat them home and away. Um, the journalists are flying out today, anyway. I think um, it's quite clear we don't know when they're flying out, <laughs> but uh, hopefully they get there in time. But um, so I'd just like to know if Bayat is on the plane. I think he probably is. Yeah. No, well, maybe I don't know. No, they must be going tomorrow, and then they'll be training tomorrow night. Game the, on Thursday. The journalists are flying out. Yeah, the journalists are flying out today. He's up the back with Chris Collins. Why? Who me? No, boy. Yeah. All right, uh, rat. Two snakes in a plane. Oh, <laughs> snakes in a plane. Uh, that's a good one. I like that. Um, to, with the Sudova game again, we we don't really know too much about them. They went out of the uh, Champions League to Ludogorets, um, who. Uh, at a decent standard, um, they went out 2-0 in aggregate, but Chris, approaching it how we've approached it, would you play 3 at the back, would you play 4 at the back, would you go solid or would you go a little bit more uh, progressive, um, back 3, back 4, what are you thinking? Back 4, um, do you want my team? Yeah, let's go, let's go team, we're fin- finishing up because we've only got a couple of minutes left. Gordon, Tierney. Ah, yeah. Gamboa. Simunovic. Okay. Uh, Louis, what's your back line? Back four? Back five? Back four? Um, uh, Gordon and Goals, Tierney. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lustig. And then uh, Gamboa right back. Oh, so Lustig is a centre half? Aye. You know, you are a really smart guy. Thanks, he's rotten at centre. I know he's ratting, but he's ratting. He's better better than your own. So that's your back four. Are you going four two three one? Guessing Browning and Cham four five one. Okay, talk me through it. Was that face for? Oh, it's just controversial. I didn't expect that. Okay, Brown and Cham, Tam, Sinclair. <laughs> Sinky. He's, he's coming on to a game a lot. He is indeed. Yeah. Whoa. Jamesy Whoa, boy. Oh, you can't say that. What, Sinclair? You're the most sceptical person ever. Do you think he's coming on to a game? He no, is, though. I'm not the most sceptical. You've taken that crown off me. No. You, have you heard yourself recently? No. Aye, aye. You should listen to pods back. Right, how? What, what have you seen? Sinclair? I'm not saying he's like back to his, his first season standards, but he's looked more. No, I didn't. He dick. He's uh, he's looking more positive with the ball. Got his goal away in Athens. He looks a little uh, bit more confident. In the yeah, ball. he looks. He doesn't look like he's hiding as much. Um, yeah, I, I I think he's I think he's shown more than he has for some time. Um, and who else is going to play in the left? What he's Mikey Johnson. No, that's true. Uh, would you agree with that team? Sinclair. Oh, sorry, Dembele. Aye. There's no question. There's no. There is no question. Um, I think that's probably our best team at the moment. Mm. Oh, big to differ. Big to differ. <laughs> Go on. I think we play in Cham, McGregor, Tam, Fuck Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Listing at centre half and leaving Brown out. Okay. Yep. And then um, I'll, go, I'll go. I'll give you Sinclair. Right? <laughs> we'll play Sinclair for the Thanks. Cracks. And uh, Forrest on the right, obviously. Um, and I, big Denver's. This is a big game for us. Um, By the way, can I just say I'm taking the piss? Obviously, Brown would start, but I think it'll be interesting when Brown goes. I, I think McGregor. I think McGregor really has to be in that team. It's just I can't put put my head at Tam, but well, see when that's McGregor, fine after see, thirty minutes. See when. <laughs> 
Stephen McGregor's in the middle of that pitch, I think we're a far better team. Uh, do you look at, you know, let me ask you this one question before we thingy. If we had signed McGinn and McGinn had played the games in between the... You still talk about him. Nah, That's you're right. Uh, predictions? Uh, massive game, Sudova first leg. Predictions, Chris or Manny? Celtic 4, Sudova no. Jesus, love it. What? <laughs> Give me goal scorers. Sinclair, 2. The 90 minute optimist? Yes. Right this. Um, Simunovic, 1. <laughs> okay, you're taking the piss now, pal. <laughs> Dembele, 1. Uh, McAfbot. It'll be 2 1 Celtic. It'll be pure ratting, just like the Partick Thistle game. Don't get your hopes up, people. <laughs> We'll, have, we'll, have, we'll probably shit the bed at some point. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Dembele will score and Forrest will score and we'll take a slender lead back to Celtic Park to fluff it at home. Uh, I think it will be a... I think I think we could end up getting a clean sheet. I think it could be 3-0 um, and I think it could be a Moussa Dembele hat-trick. Whoa. The Moose Meister General. Um, Lou McCaffrey, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. I've, I've really enjoyed myself. Chris Armani. It's been terrific. The Fixer. I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic and we'll speak to you down the road. 